Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our latest episode. Just a heads up, this is our final episode of season one, which we did not note in the recording. <laughs> so me and uh, Raina and I are jumping back on a mic to preface that and to tell you, hey, thanks for listening to season one. Yeah, really. Thank you so much for being um, our avid listeners. Thank you to those who have also left us reviews on Apple Podcasts. They are so wonderful to read. And also for following us on Instagram. So we hope you enjoy this very special episode with our two um, very cool, you know, favorite people. And we will see you back here for season two. I'm Kimberly. I'm Raina. And we're each other's hype women, and we're obsessed with each other's aspirations, boardrooms, and goals. Join us as we talk about our experiences of our lives, Asian identities, careers, and just life in general. We can be your hype women as well. Welcome to Obsessed with ABGs, Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals. Hello! How are you? Still in 2021, which means that we're still in this global pandemic. How's it going in Canada? I mean, we're also in lockdown. Does it? It's funny because 2021 feels no different so far than 2020. So this just feels like Groundhog Day right oh, now. Completely, completely. And especially when you're seeing the same person every single day, oh day God. in and day out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we are fortunate that we have someone that lives with us. But yes, you're right. We see the same person and the only person every single day, day in, day out. And so I would like to introduce both our husbands. Um, mine is sitting right next to me. Uh, say hello in a few words about yourself, Joe. Hi, uh, my name is Joe. I am Rena's amazing husband. Um, well, that that's what I'm called around uh, our apartment. Amazing. Um, I think you're amazing. But uh, yeah, mm. we've we uh, we are currently stuck, not stuck in our apartment, but we've we've been <laughs> told to stay in our apartment um, for the foreseeable future. So there's that. I wake up and see her lovely face every morning. Aww, Aww. thanks, husband. Sitting beside me in our quasi uh, recording area slash the bedroom is my husband matthew roble hey how's it going uh my name is matt i am kim and i'll take a cut of page from joe of kim what i think is awesome husband or what i would like to think was myself as awesome husband but the fine print from me says otherwise but uh <laughs> matt's uh kim's kim's husband and uh wake up also to her lovely uh, drooly face every single morning. The, the whole part of this episode today, actually, is is we did our Boredom of Allies episode. And for those who are listening, we've we've had that uh, done, you know, episode two or, or three. But the reason why we want to bring our husbands in here is because that our husbands made it on our list of Boredom of Allies. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, you guys being in Germany, just like a quick synopsis, is like the first time you guys have been living together in a very long time. Yeah, I think it was three years. Yeah, we lived three years. Yeah. 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 After getting married, we lived separately for three years. Me in Canada and Joe in Vietnam, where he was teaching at an international school there. Mm. And then, you know, towards the end of his contract, we were like, so we should probably do this thing where we live together as a married couple. 
like, where should we go next? And, uh, you know, after, you know, a couple of months of, you know, job interviews and thinking back and forth and research and stuff, we fortunately landed in Germany. So we've been here for about a year and a half now. And uh, yeah, it's been quite an adventure within our apartment. Well, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it was an interesting kind of point because I know what I was listening to your one of your previous podcasts, maybe it was the third one. And Reina, you were telling me, not that you were telling me, you were talking about how your dad worked in Germany or had business in Germany. So something's kind of come full circle. Yeah. yeah you're back. You're back to Deutschland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you say it like that. It sounds so much more like emphatic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now we're just in Germany. I, I mean, never thought about that. <laughs> and um, you know, one thing that I really want to point out is that um, so the four of us—me, Kimberly, Matt, and Joe—we all went to university together, and we all did somewhat similar programs. Well, no, Matt, you were in a completely different program. You were like in the hard sciences. I'm the outlier. Yeah, we wouldn't have met at all. Like we, our paths would have never crossed in university. Matt and I, or, or you, you, even you both with Matt. Like we had yeah, none of the same true. classes. He was in. What did you graduate in? Uh, well, my official degree is a major in biology, a minor in chemistry. But that kind of spearheaded originally from a forensic science degree. And I drew things. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really smart. Like the three of us were like, we like. Digital I like writing things. things. Yeah. So, ba- so, uh, so basically, the most dumbest and most layman term is basically I was CSI. She was the uh, vendor on the street telling caricatures. Okay, let's not go that far. <laughs> I can now see why he's on your boardroom. He humbles you. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it real. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. No. It's 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 funny though because like you know with the three of us, Raina, Joe, and myself, we are all met. Uh, like Raina and I, we met in our first year, but Joe, I think we met in a class together and Raina was also in that class too. Like that's how yeah. we, uh, three of us met. Uh, it was, I think writing 330, um, oral communication. Yeah. And, um, um I think things are also full, coming full circle there because we all made podcasts in that class. And I, I remember, uh, I, I was, and I think I, I still notoriously, I'm like very to myself. And yeah, that was actually the first time I, you know, got out of my shell and was like, okay, I'm going to talk to people. And then I married one of them. <laughs> Whoa, that, <laughs> that escalated very quickly. <laughs> okay, can I can I ask, what was your first impression of Raina, Joe? Oh my gosh, she was so annoying. And uh, what? I, th- <laughs> I no to 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 be honest, I I thought that Raina was a little stuck up and kind of snotty. And I severely disliked her for the first, I'm going to say, three and a half weeks. That long? Yeah, it was pretty long. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah. I felt that same way when I listened to Poker Face by Lady Gaga. It was annoying. (laughs) I hated it. And then it grew on me. Yeah. Yeah. So his impression of Reyna is equivalent to Lady Gaga's Poker Face? (laughs) That's pretty good. So what changed, Joe? Sorry, uh, I'm so curious. Well, what changed was that I talked to her more. Like this whole oracle communi- oral communication thing. Um, the professor was Joan Vinyl Cox. And Joan, if you're listening right now, um, it was really just talking that um, made me see beyond her snotty exterior. <laughs> <laughs> 
But okay, to um, be fair, Joe has this tendency to hate everybody from the beginning. That's not true. So he ha- he has lower standards, and then I really it goes liked our up. cat when we first met. <laughs> Uh, but um, we met in 2008, and then we started dating in 2009, which is, I think, like similar to your timeline, right? Yeah, Matt, we met 2009. I mean, the way the best summarized the, the kind of how we met was I like volleyball, and I played a lot of volleyball in university. But at the time, you could only play at the local university during res nights because I wasn't very comfortable playing in any competitive leagues outside of university. I just wanted to kind of play competitively, but also shoot the shit a little bit. And so I went and... And just to clarify, res night is residence night, right? Like the dorms. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I went overnight because I thought, all right, well, you know, I lived on res the two years before then. So if I go and they say, what residence do you live in? I could just lie and be like, yeah, I live... I live at Leacock. Yeah, I live at Schreiberwood. It's one of the I, dormitories. It's like one of the f- like seven dorms we had that I could just throw a random name and no one's going to question anything. So sure enough, I went, I played, and everyone's like, where do you live? Uh, Yo, guess guess what community he decided to to join and jump on. <laughs> the one that you were living in. No, no, the one that exactly. you were like as a Don or something, yeah, right? That was Mike. So I was an RA. And of course, I see this person who I do not know does not live in my community suddenly on our volleyball court, which again is only for the people who live on residence being like, who the fuck is this person? A yeah. complete stranger. Who is this colonizer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> White people try to take over <laughs> your volleyball games. court. <laughs> so we had a real stranger danger moment. Right? <laughs> I'm just adding some color to the spectrum. Okay? Lack of color. There is. <laughs> So eventually I went, they called me out after asking me questions like, we've never seen you before. Where are you from? And I just kind of caved and I said, look, look, honestly, I just want to play volleyball here. Um, I used to live on res. Is it okay if I play? And they said, all right, whatever. You're good. You're tall. Hop on board. Go have some fun. And then, you know, that kind of just happened to me to be turn of a, I could just now go play volleyball. But, you know, when it came to Kim... Honestly, I don't remember exactly what happened because there was like a point of she thought it was cute. Again, this is her. This I is what I have like kind of heard from <laughs> anecdotally where it was like, I thought this guy was cute. He's a little weird. He had big ears. He was wearing an Ed Hardy T-shirt that looked a little too abstract Negative for his good. Oh, and God. so, you know, that that kind of progression from I met Kim at the first time down to I thought she was cute. I think there's like a lapse of memory because I truthfully don't remember what I actually thought. Oh, this girl's actually really cute until I actually had. I think she, there was like a couple events, like meetings between them. Oh, so. no, it was meddling from my friends. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was meddling. You, you know why my friends let you play? So, of course, our, my, my friends who are also part of the, the who organized the whole thing, they allowed him because their words were Kim is painfully single. We think you're cute. Why don't you like stay on? And we'll because I was completely over my head. Don't don't care. I was like, fine, whatever. We need players. He seems pretty decent. Let him play. They're like him. He's single. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> and uh, so they kept like bringing him over. Like one friend invited him over to dinner. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and then they just kept like facilitating it. At one point, they're like one of my roommates at the time. She's like here's our address, come knock on our door. <laughs> and then he shows up and he's like, I'm here for the volleyball schedule. I'm like, it's on our door. Like, <laughs> and then he right. won your heart. Yeah. No, seriously. That was like, <laughs> it was just people being like, go for it. Try it. I'm like, okay. That, that did happen. I did remember specifically 
that there were points where we went to the cafeteria and they're like, all right, Matt, let's just, you know, nice to meet you. We've never seen you before. Let's just chat. You're playing on our team. Might as well get to know you. And so they were probing me with like basic questions, but then it kind of went in a complete 90 degree where they went from, you know, how long have you been living? At, how long have you been going to the university to what do you like to do to what do you think about Beyonce? And it's like, <laughs> wow, that was very specific in terms of a question. Uh, you know, if you had a chance to meet Mike Shinoda, what would you say? to Like, okay, uh, all right. So, you know, I'm being thrown these curveballs and I answered them. And I think I passed probably with like a C plus, I think, even on the point of the volleyball schedule, like that, that kind of was my subtle hint of I wanted to talk to Kim because I did see the volleyball schedule and I like, uh, all right, well, I might as well see what happens. And, and the point of Kim kind of coming downstairs thinking, what the hell is he doing here? I remember looking at her and she had this look of confusion and annoyance of why are you here? memory. Yeah, and I remember because she had very specific facial expressions that give off the yeah. almost obvious of cues of annoyance. So Kim I does remember, wear her heart on her sleeve. Yes, yeah, she does. As so, do I. Aren't yeah, residents so, people supposed to be nice? Uh, it's all a facade. <laughs> I think it's all a deep facade. <laughs> For those listening, if you guys had RAs or you went to university and you had a don or an RA that was had their heart on their sleeve, let me know. <laughs> so I don't feel alone on this to be line. friendly. <laughs> Uh, this is why well, I didn't talk a, to anyone. You know what? No, to be fair, he wasn't my student, so why the fuck do I care? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I would love for you to have lived on residence with us. Oh, that would have been gosh. so fun. But you know what's funny, guys? Actually, hearing the story out loud, we did a whole thing in Boardroom of Allies, and one of my allies was Leanne, who was also my life coach, who I also met in university. She was one who facilitated res, <gasps> res nights. <laughs> So not not only is she in my board of allies, she also facilitated my marriage. <gasps> That's oh, wow. really sweet. I just realized that right now, guys. Wow. And so you guys got married in 2016. Mm-hmm. And um, so recently, um, Kim and I were on an episode of Joe's podcast, which is called That High School Life. And in that episode, we actually realized well, no, I made them realize or remember that we all started dating in 2009 and we all got married in 2016. Like, what a coincidence. Would you say it was like group dating? Yeah, <laughs> sounds like it. We've been a foursome since 2009. <laughs> but it's, it's, it is funny because also, when's your wedding date? Uh, don't, uh, Rena, no, July 16th. Isn't it July 9th? It's the 9th or the 16th. Okay. So we're getting divorced in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so mid, around like mid-July. Yeah. yeah. Early to mid-July. Yeah. yeah. Matt and I got married July 31st, 2016. Yeah. And the reason why we couldn't be at your wedding, right, even though because... we were supposed to emcee your wedding, yes, was because we were moving to Vietnam. I guess I'll forgive you. <laughs> thank you <laughs> yes so that's ar- uh, around the time when um joe you were settling into your career in vietnam as a teacher that was the 31st was i think the second no the first day that i arrived in vietnam so um around the time that your wedding was happening i was like sweating into a pillow on the third floor of an apartment in ho chi minh city because it was so hot and can you tell me what brought you to Vietnam? Like, when, how did Vietnam happen? Um, 
I don't know. It's, it's a funny story. I, I So I was teaching in the Toronto District School Board. Um, and 2015, the 2015 to 2016 academic year was my first year as a teacher. This was my second career. Um, and through the course of that year, I, I saw a job posting online that said, come teach at the Canadian International School in Vietnam. And we only take Ontario certified teachers. So why not give it a shot? And I gave it a shot and I found myself in Viet, like completing an interview inside of two weeks, um, job screening the week after, like um, for references, four months later, Vietnam. Like you applying for Vietnam, it was like, go for it, do it. Like you should, I 100%, like Raina was 100% supportive, uh, which is you know, not, I will be honest, not many married, newlywed couples would be like, and now my partner is applying for jobs halfway across the world. How, what's that yeah. conversation look like? That's true. And it was actually all part of my tactic of moving ourselves out of Canada. So Joe was like, yeah. you know, I was like a puppeteer. Um, he was a successful puppet. And, and I say that because, you know, I'm only I, finding this out now. So, you know, I had grown up going to international schools all my life and we, Joe and I had been together for a couple of years at that point and um, I think we were just about to get engaged. And around that time we were thinking, okay, what are our next steps? Are we going to, you know, stay in Canada? And Joe, you know, was born and raised in Brampton and had never lived outside and he was like, I'd like to try living abroad. And I said, well, if you became an international school teacher, it becomes a lot easier for you to move around and I can also be you know, um, married to that international school teacher and also move around on your visa. So you should consider this. And Joe's like, oh, well, okay, sure. And so he applied for this posting that he saw in Vietnam and applied and got it. And I was like over the moon. I was like, yes, I'd love to live in Vietnam and, you know, let's do it. And so, you know, the day that you guys were getting married, we got on a plane and moved ourselves to Vietnam but I was still in my part-time master's program at that point. I was working full-time, but doing my master's part-time. And I still wanted to finish it, and there was no way to do it online. So I said to Joe that I will come a year later when I'm done with my master's. And Which was a then. lie. Well, it was a lie at that <laughs> We'll point. get into that. Yeah. So Joe and I flew to Vietnam, and you know we got him settled into his apartment and then about a week later I left to go back to Canada and I you know was working and was doing my master's and so our one year long distance marriage started but then a couple months later I saw this amazing job posting at the University of Toronto which is where I used to work and it was a job that I had applied for three years prior but didn't even get an interview for so I saw this job posting and I was like, oh, but I'm moving next year, but I would really kick myself if I didn't apply for it. And so I asked Joe, like, do you think I can apply for it? Is that OK? And that was a bittersweet conversation. Right, Joe? Yes. And I said, sure. But with the understanding that you lied to me. <laughs> I am sensing a lot of resentment here. Um, but No, no, no. Um, actually, yeah, it. The conversation, I think, was was a lot less dramatic than that. Yeah. It it was, hey, I'm thinking of applying for this job. Should I apply for it? And I was like, yeah, why wouldn't you? And so I applied for it and, you know, just everything 
you know, happened really quickly, but I was able to get a job interview and then I got the offer. And so again, I called Joe and it was really bittersweet. And I was like, so listen, I'm sorry, but I got the job offer. And so I think I'm going to stay here and take this job. And I think you were pretty crushed at that point, right, Joe? I was like, you lied to me. (laughs) I I don't even think it came at that point. I was like, oh, yeah. It didn't sink in right away? Yeah, no, well, no, it it did. I was like, this this throws a bit of a monkey wrench into our plans. Um, But to be quite honest, I think it was great. Um, You know, I I, I think if if you have an opportunity to live apart as a couple, uh, it's actually, well, it is. A test of your relationship, like to see if you'll um, you'll last or not. Um, and we did. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's it's definitely not an ideal situation for either party. It's not ideal for anybody, but it is um, doable given that there is the trust and the confidence within each other and in the relationship, and you keep the communications lines open. And you know, I said to Joe, like, you moved for your career. And I'm making the decision to stay for my career and we will do this for, you know, a very limited amount of time. And then we need some sort of like end goal because without that, long distance is really tough because you just don't know when it's going to end. So we both knew that like, you know, let's put in like two more years or, you know, three years in this job and then we'll reassess kind of thing. So, so Agassi, so point of curiosity. So, Joe, have your parents ever lived a, a like apart and the reason i ask is because i know speaking with kim a lot of filipino families in particular Mm. you know some parents live you know like in qatar or saudi arabia or Mm. wherever and then but the but the mom stays with the kids so did you Mm -hmm. no no, it's actually always the opposite mom's always the one leaving sorry okay so in this case (laughs) either either or i'm just curious if your if your parents had that um to be honest no my parents so they they met in canada and that's where they met they started the relationship got married so that that uh, I guess popular pattern uh, didn't really happen for my parents, right? And for, so, Reina, for you and your dad working, uh, was it kind of unique for you, or was it the same situation where it was like, well, when I say same situation, is it more like every like once a week he would go travel, or was he like working abroad most of the time? So, as a family, we always moved around every couple of years for my dad's job. And so my mom never held down like a corporate job. She quit her corporate job, I think, around the time she had me. And so she raised me and my sisters in different countries. So it was a pattern of my mom and my sisters always with my dad wherever he was moved to with the company. But traveling for work was normalized for you. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, that kind of normalized it. Definitely. And then Joe being so open to living in another country and wanting yeah. to do that. I think kind of, everything kind of combined made it okay for us to live apart for a couple of years. And also, you know, we both knew that we were young. We wanted to establish our careers in whatever way we we could. And then this is, you know, before having kids or our parents aging and things like that. So we were like, yeah, we should start doing this. Which is amazing because a lot of people have this misconception of what marriage looks like. Like, it's a nail in the coffin. I'm married. I'm stuck here with the mortgage. Or like, you know, like, people have these assumptions and like, you know, I'm not going to settle down now because I won't be able to do the things I want to do. And you guys are a perfect testament to no, you still can do the things that you want to do. You just need to find the right partner who has the same values and wants to do those things with you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I think, yeah, being on the same page about like making sacrifices and again, like really talking about everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think one of the things that made our relationship stronger, uh, even though I was living abroad, was the fact that when you do communicate in a long distance relationship, you really have to count the words because sometimes you're in different time zones, right? I was, I think, what was it, 10 hours ahead? Something like that. And then I traveled for work all the time. So we were in crazy exactly. time zone differences all the time. Yeah. And so when you're communicating, uh, sometimes it has to be a quick phone phone call. Sometimes it has to be a quick text message. And you don't have time to get into the drama. You kind of just have to cut straight through to what you mean. And that's what will make a relationship last over long distance. Um, Can we make that a bumper sticker? We don't yeah. have time for the drama. <laughs> we really don't. Like, it, I, I would be on my motorcycle on my way to school. I'm like, okay, I got to go. I love you. Bye. Click. And that's it. Yeah, that's that's really what made our relationship um, last over the three years that we're living apart. And so many times while I was living in Vietnam, people would ask me, why are you living apart from your wife? Is she okay with that? I'm like, of course she's okay with it. She's the one who suggested it. When someone asks those questions, you're like, I think the person who has an inherent trust issue is not you, but the person asking those questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop projecting. Point. Right? Don't don't tell me what you would do if you were living apart from your spouse. Yeah, I I understand. I get where they're coming from, though. Like, I I can understand. Um, certain people who who are not who are so ingrained in what a traditional marriage looks like that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. maybe some of the some of these fears are, are or maybe in their past life. Right. Like or, you know, in their own homes and their own families. But mm-hmm. it's great to showcase that you don't have to be a product of your family. Exactly. So, and, and let's actually talk about that because, sorry, we didn't for those. This is a podcast. No one could tell that Joe, myself and Raina <laughs> are Asian. <laughs> I'm Filipina. I'm Japanese. And I, too, am Filipino. And Matthew here. <laughs> what are you, Matt? I'm uh, partially Taiwanese. No, uh, no, uh, I'm white. I'm as uh, white as it gets, but not in the personality type. I think more in just the <laughs> physicality yeah. type. No, the, you're the you're physical attributes. Type. Yeah, 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 yeah. Matt's, you know, like Matt's I, per, I, like a first I, generation. I burn in the sun. I don't really glisten. <laughs> I have terrible skin. I get bags under my eyes, and I have uh, faint hair. Yeah, you know, tall, white. He's the tall white guy yeah. Yeah, <laughs> at a party. Yes, he is like the epitome, like like the epitome of a white male stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, if you had to think of like a Dr- J Crew person, like that's even what he wears. <laughs> like he loves J Crew chinos. <laughs> He's white. I like European. I like European fit. What can I say? Like, How can I tell you about the words of wisdoms of the white so, folk? So we're all. I think we're all from. Um, I guess like we have immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're all like Matt, uh, his parents are from Poland and they immigrated here in Canada in 1980s. My parents, same thing. Uh, but actually, my mom uh, was the first to immigrate here. And she when she went back to the Philippines to visit family. That's when she met my dad, came mm-hmm. back and they did a lot. Now that you guys sorry, I just want to tack on. Uh, I didn't think about that until we were talking about it. My parents were doing a bit of a long distance. My mom sponsored my dad to come to Canada. Uh, so they were apart for a bit. Um, and then for Joe, your, your parents are from the Philippines, but they came to Canada separately and and met. So we all at least have an understanding that our families weren't initially, I mean, Raina's parents, your parents are never, were never identified as like (laughs) in Canada, but they're, they're not from like, we're all, we're all like children from different, uh, what's the word? 
like cultures and ethnicities. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're all not and a very all very different experiences. Yeah. Um definitely. And, and so uh, that's one of the things that we wanted to bring our husbands because you guys are a mixed race couple and we are also a mixed race couple. Um, and we've all had to experience things very differently. And what I loved about, I know, um, for those who are listening, if you guys have listened to Ali Wong, she talks about this fantastic thing where she's like, it's nice dating another Asian person because we could be racist together. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a bumper sticker. <laughs> so, so it's like probably a stupid question, or I don't know if, if this is an ignorant question, but if you're both Asian, is that considered interracial? But yeah. by is it though? Because I thought always like by definition, think... as if you're black, white, Asian, it's like characterized based on one of the, or even Latino, Latina. But Matt, to your point, yeah, maybe Joe and I are not interracial. Yeah. Like we're of the same Asian race, but just, you know, very different um, cultures. cultures and nationalities. Yeah. But. But, you know, living in Germany, especially, I think, you know, he and I are always like, oh, th that Asian couple or, yeah. like, oh, those Asian people. Yeah. So I think we can always sort of like band together in that way. But I'm so curious about you two, where you guys are very visibly an interracial married couple. Have you guys had experiences of, you know, discrimination and racism and all of that? Sometimes we use it to our advantage. Let's hear more about that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll use that to Go our advantage on. sometimes. Like, uh, okay, so recent, uh, last year before the pandemic, um, Matt, I took Matt to the Philippines. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and I will be honest, like, if you're a white person in the Philippines, you get treated a little bit, I don't know, necessarily better, but there's this, there's a glorified sense of like, mm. a know, little um, bit, Kim. It's like a lot. <laughs> Like a lot glorified, but oh my gosh. at the same time, they acknowledge that if you are a tourist, they'll the the tours like in, in any place they'll take advantage that you are a tourist, right? Right, of course. They're like, ah, look at this white Canadian. We'll charge him triple the price for a tricycle ride <laughs> because and, he can afford it. Because uh, he well, yeah, he's, he can afford it. I mean, sure, that's a mentality, but also like he's not going to know the difference. Um, and we found this out that they were doing this and from an Australian. He's like, I literally paid five, ten times the amount of a, a 10 minute trip in a tricycle. And when I looked at there's a price list, I did not ca catch that until I left. And I saw I was like, holy crap, I paid 10 times the amount. So he warned us. He told us on one on these tours. He's like, they will rip you off. So I was like, good to know. So when we were trying to figure out pricing I'm like matt go hide in that bush <laughs> don't come out <laughs> don't come out <laughs> and then when you negotiate the low price okay exactly. matt come out so, so so kind of egg on that experience so when we were in i think it was not maybe it was palawan i think maybe it was one of the I, I can't remember where it was anyway so when we went to the philippines we were just kind of on one of the islands um there was a mall there and I remember the mall was closing. It was late. And they have the folks outside with the little tricycles. And they, you know, they come, like, literally, as soon as you come out, there's, like, three guys. Like, oh, sir, 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 mom, sir, mom. You know, let's get, you know, give you, like, the discount for the, or the offer for the tricycle. You know, where you say, oh, okay, how much? Uh, 70 pesos. Like, uh, and so Kim taught me well. I'm like, all right. Put my hands together. I'm like, all right. Let's see how well I can work with this guy. I'm not going <laughs> to cave. I'm not going to pay full price. None of that. So I'm like, ah. Uh, Let's do 60. He's like, no, 
No, no, 70. Not 70. Like, okay. You realize it's over 15 pesos, so, which is like literally pesos. I'm, I'm standing on principle <laughs> to prove a point that I'm not going to be taken advantage of. So I says, oh, Kim, Kim, come here. Come here. I turn. She's like, where, where are we going? She's like, nothing. Like, just come here. She's like, what, what are we talking about? Like, nothing. Just just pretend like we're talking to each other. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? What? She's like, just keep mumbling. Just pretend like we're haggling. So we turn to the guy. It's like, ah, okay, 50. He says, no, 70. He says, all right. And he says, let's keep walking. She's like, what? She's like, just walk. Maybe he'll call us back. And we keep walking. doesn't call us back. So, <laughs> so we, it was a lovely walk back. No, no. So we walked probably about five minutes down the road. And we literally waved the first guy. And he says, well, where are you going? We're going here. Uh, 30 pesos. I'm like, okay. And so we just hopped in. And, but then I, as much as I know it's it's so cheap in the grand scheme of things, I think I was standing on the, on the, on the principle of... I don't want to just give in because I can and I know they're going to throw dollars at me. Mm-hmm. I just want to see if I can do it. And I did it. And I was so proud. And I, I gave him a good tip anyway as a point of like, I still want to give this guy thanks. Because uh, I know as a white person, not even necessarily as a white person, I think as a Canadian, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not necessarily asshole? fickle. Uh, that's a good word to use. Yes. An <laughs> asshole. I don't want to be an asshole with these people. But be frugal. I'd be like, oh my God, 10 cents? Don't want to give that. Fuck. It's a principle thing. Yeah. I get that. So for me personally, that was the only time. But I think for Kim, I don't think, I mean, yeah, I don't want to answer your question for you. That same year, six months before that, I had went to Poland. Oh yeah, that's right. For, his cousin was getting married in Poland and his whole family was like, we want you guys to come. So I was like, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's do it. So being... Filipina being such a visible minority in a very all white air like country like it was like the first time some people were seeing Asian people because we didn't go into mm-hmm. Warsaw or Warsaw the capital we were staying in a very small town yeah so it was like for some people it's like that's a Philip like, they never saw Filipinos before mm-hmm. like oh my you God. mean you're not Chinese surprisingly <laughs> no one you know what they some people probably thought it but no yeah. one said anything yeah uh, but it, it was interesting because, like, they were so fascinated. They were like, oh, my... They kept playing with my hair. I'm like, what? Yeah, they just they were really? like, you know how many times people were playing with my hair? And I'm like, wow. oh, okay, so this is what black people feel like when people yeah. are trying to touch their hair. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, don't touch my hair. <laughs> but so this it, is it, hair from the Far East. <laughs> the Orient. Yeah. Oriental hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. So Matt had to... Okay, so that's another thing. Like, you know, being a, a, um, a mixed-race couple, there are things that we're, like, learning from each other. And not just mixed-race, but, like, we're also from very different upbringings. Yeah. Like, I grew up in, like, a very low-income housing. I had a lot of, like, multicultural friends growing up. So, like, having Black Guyanese, Indian friends, um, other Asian friends was, like, normalized to me. Whereas Matt... I don't think you really had a lot of diverse diversity until you went to university. <clears throat> yeah, that sounds about right. I think the diversity we had was going to high school and diversity was more in terms of personality rather than race. Mm. Uh, you know, we be, were being like, this is again, we're in Toronto. Hamilton's about an hour away. But even then, and when I was back in high school, like what, 10, 12, 15 years ago, you know, there was like the majority were white people. You'd have... A couple Asian people, I say couple, probably like 10 to 15 in a high school. And then you'd have, I would would say, majority black people. So I'd say of the split, 50% white, 30% black, 
and the remaining being Asian. You had black people in your school? We, su- we had black people, <laughs> yes. Uh, we definitely had black people. I, I know it's an hour away, but... No, no, I just... Your diversity. school just seems so white to me. So, yeah, so, so like, people think I'm some, like, country bumpkin kind of kid who grew up in the middle of fucking nowhere, <laughs> I and I had no compo- aspect of what does ethnicity mean other than maybe, like, you know, the, the random Chinese... A restaurant that was on the corner like happy chinese food or yum yum chinese food <laughs> yum, or yum. So, something like like that or but but it but yeah so there was diversity but we didn't have a lot of it again like from that notion of diversity yes going to university did give me that uh open-endedness and exploratory view of different diversity but it also helps when you walk around and like literally you take a walk down the university pathway and you see like a uh, Chinese club, Taiwanese club, uh, Vietnamese club. You just uh, you just were much more welcoming and opening to different types of clubs and ethnicity as a university than I was exposed to at high school. Because at the high school, there was never like you know the Chinese club because there was no Chinese yeah. people. Yeah, you know, it was like the Vietnamese club. It was like the Vietnamese club were the five Vietnamese people in the corner. That was the club. They didn't have to announce it. <laughs> <laughs> like we're keeping that in the podcast. <laughs> And so then I'm so curious because, yeah, like you said, Matt, you didn't have a lot of exposure to, you know, non-white people other than black people growing up. And then you go to university, you make a whole bunch of friends, and then you meet Kim in, what, your third year? and yeah. And what was your first impression? Like, how did you, like, fall in love with this, like, you know, independent, bold, sassy woman called Kimberly? I have to think about this. I, I really don't know what... Actually, no. Um, I think it was the spunky, outgoing, don't mess with me or I'll shank you and turn the blade kind of personality. <laughs> okay, you <laughs> yes, pause yes. for a second? Yes. Every time he talks about me, it's there's the word sassy or spunky <laughs> and shank. Yeah, so- <laughs> why does it always... Why does a shank always have to appear because, when you're describing me? Because, because it's not a clean cut. It's like, it's abrasive. It's going to go in you. But I also make it... I say, like, you're not like a regular sharpened knife. You're like a serrated knife. So it hurts and jag is going in. But you also twist the blade. <laughs> but you cut. You go in. It's just like, when you fuck with me, I'll fuck you up. Like, it, you know, it, it's that kind of... <laughs> it's that kind of approach. So, yeah. So, you know, it was a bit of that... Kind that's of, really descriptive. So, I loved so, it. Yeah, that, that's a great analogy. So it was a bit of uh, being terrified, but also intrigued at the same point <laughs> to say, huh, you know what? I, I kind of like this girl. She has a lot of attitude. Um, let me go talk oh. with her. So I think it was that approach that really got my attention that, you know, like, again, I, I Kim always asked me about this. It, it's like, well, you know, why don't you ever date white girls? Why don't you ever date, like, it, you know, you've always had this kind of trend of dating. I did ask, am I a fetish? You know, like, are you a fetish? This oh, is, well, that's you know, a good question. But I've dated white girls in the past, and it just so happened that Kim landed on the target of she just had, a, it was more about a personality rather mm-hmm. than anything. Eventually, when I asked her out and we went on this first day, she took the time to write a Valentine's Day card oh God, with Kung Fu Panda. And it had um, Angelina Jolie's Tigress. Tigress on the Valentine's Day card. And I can't remember what the word said, but it's like, I'll fight for your honor, something, something. Oh my and God, it was okay. really sweet. <laughs> and I thought, holy shit, like this girl is not only intense, 
but she has a sweet side to her. Yeah. So there's a balance point. <laughs> You're rubbing your head. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. There's a there's a there's a sweet side <laughs> of this intensity, but this loveliness that you know balances itself out. So you know that kind of is what carries forward to Joe's point before around you know what makes a successful marriage is you know the the relationship for us has highs and lows. There's intense points. What when it gets intense, it's like it's essentially like you know those long fireworks that has like. 15 miniaturized fireworks you light one and they all explode in tandem it's not just one explodes it's like kim is like one explodes and they all start exploding until it ends and you're like okay it's done thank you know all right but on the other side she'll take the time and effort and i remember uh i think it was my birthday or something i went to work i came back and the whole apartment was just like party packagers exploded where there's like strings all over the place there's card oh valentine's day i think it was valentine's day and so there was all these cards and string everywhere that she took the time and the effort i thought man this is this is so sweet so um and and i think you described kim so well obviously you did because you're her husband but that's the thing about kim that i've always you know, loved about her as well, that she really takes the time and puts so much care into events and other people. And I remember um, when Anchorman 2 came out, all four of us were so into it. And you guys were like, oh, you should come over to watch the movie at our condo's um, theater room or something. So Joe and I just like, you know, showed up and we're like, hey, we're here for the movie and, you know, free food. Yay. But we enter your condo and you had already created. You guys were dressed up. Yeah. And you guys had like a tortilla station, like a taco station. And it was like Baxter's cheese and like Ron Burgundy yeah. tortillas. I'm, yeah. I'm sure it was a lot more creative than this. It but, was a burrito night because, oh, you yeah, know, the part, yeah, because in the movie, I totally forgot about that. Yeah. He throws a burrito. Yes, at that's Jack right. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> it's just so, that, so creative. Yeah, so I, creative. I just. I do think you have to find, I, and I think it's it's great that you find partners who can appreciate that. Um, so I'm very thankful that at least Matt can notice those things because that's kind of like my love language is like action. Like I don't, I'm not one to say like I love you. Oh god, even just saying that like weirds me out. I have to like write things <laughs> out. Like just I can't say I love you, Kim. No, it's weird to me. I don't. We don't do that. I don't. I, I visibly get like I'm right now. I'm totally embarrassed. But wow. like I'm, I'm very curious for you guys because like okay, Matt's telling me everyone. Oh, this is so embarrassing he's telling one like oh okay she's like this like i'm gonna shank you but she's also really sweet and then joe's all like this girl's a snobby blah 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 but like oh she's actually really cool (laughs) it's like yeah your impressions change when you start talking about your values looks are great but at some point if i'm spending my life with this person it's all a matter of personality that feeds to it so you can be good looking but if you're annoying or I hate you or you're boring and i'm like i don't want to spend the rest of my life with you you're like the one night fling if anything you're the short-term date and I, and I actually, that's actually a good point. Um, just to, to go on this. I, I've been watching a lot of YouTube videos on like mixed cultured, mixed raced, um, you know, those YouTube videos where they're talking about the relationships. And when they're like, they're like, are you dating this person because you're a fetish or whatnot? And like, you can't build something on a fetish. You can't no. build a yeah. relationship on a fetish. Course, if it was yeah. a fetish. Exactly. Like, it's never going to work. And so, you know, when when you guys come together, there has to be an established understanding, mutual respect um and like care in the relationship and i'm very fascinated to know with you guys right now it's been a year and a half since you guys have been reunited living together Mm -hmm. how and in which ways has you guys had to alter 
um, how you guys communicate or, you know, going from a long distance for so long and then living together? I think that living together after living apart for a while, um, how has that changed our relationship? I think it's made us more honest uh, with each other. Right. Um, because after having lived apart for so long, it makes it so easy when you're living together to say, hey, I, you really got to throw that away when you're done with it. Um, hey, you really need to pick your stuff up now. Or, hey, that thing you're doing is really annoying. Stop it. Right. And again, it, it, it's cutting through all that drama that's happening. Right. Or the, the potential drama that could happen. All of those things that I mentioned could easily turn into passive aggressive comments or like these subtle little digs that, you know, build into this big thing that suddenly cause you to explode and get into a big fight. But having lived apart, we understand the value of that economy in communication. Yeah. And to build on that, Joe and I started living together pretty quickly after we started dating because we were both working in downtown Toronto and it just made a lot of sense for us to share an apartment together. So we were, I think, 22 and 24 living together and we both had our own ways of doing things. And for Joe, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, this was Joe's first time living outside of his parents' home. So essentially like living on his own as an adult, but with another person. And so I think there was a lot of learning we had to do about ourselves and also living together at that really young age. And then we moved apartments and then Joe moved away. And then for three years, we had this opportunity to live on our own, even though we were together. And so I think in those three years, we both separately grew up a lot where, you know, I think we realized things about ourselves. And then so when we came together again in and in Germany, um, at least for me, I have really realize the importance of appreciation, like appreciating the other person for, you know, thanks so much for cleaning the kitchen or thank you for doing this. And just these like little kind of like acknowledgements that we wouldn't have done when we were living apart. But I think those kinds of things really make a difference in our everyday lives of living together. Yeah. And you, you start to notice that kind of thing. There's a certain kind of point where, like you said, Rita, the finer details are so appreciated that they really matter in the long term. Like the big grandiose things, it's like, oh, I got you a, you know, a new present, or I bought you a car, or I got you this nice fancy exotic dinner. Like, great, but you, the tomorrow, you still have you're the dishes, st- right? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so you want to, you know. It's like you experience the smaller things over and over again, more periodically and more actively than the grandiose things. But I find a lot of the times the grandiose things are in the end become just more like a band-aid solution than the smaller. Still need things. the grandiose things. I'll be honest. <laughs> I agree. Do you so you just buying me a PS5? No. <laughs> no, they're sold out everywhere. I'm joking. No, no. And I, I do agree that like the grandiose things are definitely appreciated, but given the circumstance under which we find ourselves with this whole pandemic there's definitely a focus on the minute the minute details you know those little things that you could do uh, and just to, to like find details and and one of the things i do think is learning about each other's culture and just to bring that back uh, we talked about you know matt and i are our difference in 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 culture joe you had the opportunity to go to japan yeah. Um and and meet her family. It. This is before you guys got married too. Mm-hmm. Uh what was that experience like? 
So there was this bamboo rod they kept in the front room. No, it's a family secret. I told you not to tell anybody. <laughs> no, no. Um, so when when I got there, it was very intimidating, and the reason it was intimidating was because I, I think it was for maybe three or six months. I'd been practicing like uh, just tourist Japanese. It was really bad, bad pronunciation, and. I sounded like a, a, a two-year-old when I was trying to communicate, but I'm pretty sure a two-year-old could communicate better than me. So I, I meet Raina's parents. I meet her dad for the first time, and I'm like, uh, 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 uh. and then I just had, ended up having to say it in English, nice to meet you. <laughs> and that was it. Do you Did you find, like, I, I know there's, like, honorifics um, mm-hmm. in, in Japanese culture yeah. and also in Filipino culture. Yeah. And also in Polish culture, there's honorifics. Did you find yourself nervous about using them or not using them? Or did you like really stress them stress out over this? With Reina's parents, it was easy because there was one honorific for both of them, right? So both of them would be Shikurasa. And I didn't, I didn't have to use any honorifics with her sisters because they're younger. Mm. I think Knowing what I know now, maybe I would have. But yeah, I didn't have to use any honorifics around them. And that that was pretty smooth in in that regard. That's true. Like there's no gender specific honorific in that sense. Like yeah. my, both my parents can be Shishikura-san. But I think it was maybe the third time Joe came to me. Uh, came with me to Japan. My mom said to Joe, "Like, listen, you bo- you call us both Shishikura-san, and neither of us know which one you're talking about. So you can just start calling me Masako-san. Like, that's her first name, okay?" And then yeah. Joe was like, "Oh, okay." And then, but I think you still call my dad Shishikura-san, right? Yeah, because he never said call me Matt. <laughs> that's true. That, that's that's her dad. That's the English name that her dad uses. Yeah. I, I'm really. I'm thinking the next time I see him, I'm just gonna say, "Hey, Matt." And see what happens. I'll probably be disowned from the family. So, do you still you still call them those this after now that you guys are married? Like yeah. The, yeah. Those are yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, that that's that's what we've settled into. So until I'm told otherwise, I'll just keep using that because it makes it easy. I'm also going to call out Raina here because we actually had a, a talk about this. Oh no! <laughs> no, I won't. I won't embarrass you too much. But we did have a talk because we were getting married around the same time, and I said to her, to her, I was like, "So, are you going to start calling Joe's parents like mom and dad? Like, n- n- we have like different things in Tagalog. It's like nanai uh, tatai, um, or you know, you could go as a little more informal and go tita tito. But like, yeah. what are you going to call them now? <laughs> yeah, Reina, so, what do you call them now? <laughs> I've actually never addressed that. <laughs> oh my god! You know the funny thing is how how long have we been together since two thousand two thousand nine? It's like eleven years. Yeah, never once, never once. I I am I'm curious because the first time I get it, like I see in my mind like the movie where there's like the funny music in the background. They're like, hi, man. Uh, where's the washroom? <laughs> you know, like you know, just yeah. like you you deflect as quickly as possible. But every single subsequent time. That's where I wonder, like, what do you say? Because you have to at least acknowledge them. Do you just say, hi, uh, and you're like, nice uh, nice to see you again. And you just try to just push it off as best as you can? Or, That's exactly it. Or was I, there a I, point I, when you were like... So you were... I've, actually, I've actually never been in a situation <laughs> oh, where I man. had to, like, single-handedly refer to one person or the other. And so 
from from the moment I met them, um, they never said to me like, "Oh, please call me this and that." And so it just never happened. And then when we got married, um, I had Joe ask his parents like, "What?" You know, can I call, start calling them by their first names? Because that's what Joe's sister's husbands, um, so his brothers-in-law, that's what they call them as uh, with their first yep. names. So I thought they would say, "Oh, they can call us by our Raina can call us by our first names." But no, they said, "Oh, she can call us mom and dad." <laughs> and I was like, "Is that because and she like, still hasn't?" <laughs> I was like, is that because I'm a girl? Is it because I'm also Asian? Like, what's the difference here? Because Joe's brothers-in-law are both white. White. Yeah. And so my mom called out Matt, actually. She's like, you can call me. Yeah. She's like, she's like, you can call me Nanai. You can call me mom. You do not call me by my first name. (laughs) (laughs) You can say Tita. Well, oh, she said that to me in Tagalog with you in the room. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So what do you call her, Matt? Uh, Nanai. Okay. No, that's Nanai Feli. That's goes Nanai Feli. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. I'm wondering how that happened with their son-in-laws. Was that just something that they just started or like now it's just normalized? I think it huh. was a, what do you want me to call you? Oh. And you can call us by our first name. So, Reina, I... I, I don't know why you are being treated unequally. You know what? I think, and I think maybe this is my fault, but I think your brothers-in-law had that conversation when they were still dating your sisters. So, of course, at that point, they wouldn't be like, oh, call us mom and dad. Yep. But I never had mm-hmm. that initial conversation when we were dating. Big mistake. <laughs> that's an, <laughs> awkward, that's an awkward thing. That's like, yeah. that's, I totally understand where Rena's coming from. So, where, so what do you call Matt's parents, Kim? Uh, I, here's the great thing about being mixed cultured or mixed raced. Uh, I call them by the Polish term. It's mama um, and tata. So uh, for oh, me, okay. it's not like, cause I call my parents mom and dad. So it's yeah. not the same. Like, so right. mama and tata is very different from mom and dad. So when I yeah. talk to his parents, I just say mama and I have to talk to his dad. I say tata, which was hard okay. at first. I, it literally, honestly, it took our trip to Poland for that to be okay, which was like, really, yeah, it took about three years for me to get there. So I don't blame you at all. Like I yeah. was on the same board. Like when we were chatting, I was like, I don't know what to call his parents. I'm just going to go like, hey, pass the potatoes, <laughs> please. <laughs> I did that for hey, three years. Hey. Hi. Or very pointed. I also, yeah. And I think for me, what I f- would find awkward is that if I really were to call Joe's parents mom and dad, I couldn't do that in front of Joe or his sister's. Because then are... we'd make fun of you, right? Would that? That's what I mean. <laughs> See, and I'm an I only feel... child. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're lucky. I feel like Joe and his sisters would poke fun. Yeah, we're great at making fun of each other. And oh, other people. you should tell them the um, the Running Man story, Joe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> do you remember? Do you guys remember the Running Man? Yeah, the move. The running yeah. move? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As a, as a white person, 80s, as a white 90s. person, I vividly that's remember. That's Matt's go-to as a white man. <laughs> that's his go-to dance move. No, and, and then for some reason, it, it became a thing a few years ago when TikTok was a thing, mm. right? When TikTok was just getting started. So, Reyna, one day... What happened? You got a promotion or something like that? No, th- so this is like way before TikTok. This is like my one of my first jobs ever. And I had done something 
to get praised for or something. Yeah. And so my, I said that to my, I said like, look what happened to my boss. And my, my boss was like, that's amazing. You need to do the running man. <laughs> and I didn't so know. That, what... no, 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 let me finish. So then oh, <laughs> instead no. of doing the running man, she takes off and does a lap of the building and then comes back and she's like, <gasps> did I do it right? <gasps> 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 And then her colleagues are like, what did you just do? She's like, I did the Burning Man. So I, I, I'm actually picturing in my mind, Raina, like everything from the point of you running out the door to the point where you come back. Like You probably have this like look of fear of like, oh, oh, oh my God, oh my God. Uh, and, they, and like there's probably like people looking at you running down the street. It's like, What's, what, what are you doing? Like, I'm doing the Running Man. And you're like you're running down the street. And I'm like, what the fuck is this lady doing? Like just bolting okay. down the street. Joe exaggerated. I literally ran in like in the spot that I was standing. No, I did didn't. like a little dash like in our office. So then my colleagues all started cracking up. They were like, "What are you doing?" And I'm like, I, "Isn't this the running?" Oh man? my god! And I then didn't they exaggerate. Like, it's funnier when I tell it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they simultaneously all just started laughing. And then they started, you know, doing the dance move. And I was like. And I was like getting defensive, and I was like, "Well, I I didn't know that. I thought that it literally was a running man. Like, how am I supposed to know this?" Okay, so we established Matt and I are yes, I'm Filipina and he's Polish, but we're both Canadian. We kind of grew up with the same type of like reference, cultural pop culture reference. Yeah. yeah. So we both understood that you both, yes, you both identify as Asian, but you're not from the same, I guess, like nationality or upbringing in mm. or like yeah. child rearing at all. At all. So I'm so curious to know how you guys navigate that because knowing Rainer for as long as I have, there are so many of those stories. Oh my God. So yeah. many. Joe just makes fun of me all the time. <laughs> so how was I, that? Okay, first of all, I don't make fun of Raina. I Okay, yeah. I do. Didn't you but, just call her a snobby piece of shit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, well, you, you did. Well, you say it like that. Um, but no, no, no. I, I don't make fun of her. I, the... I think it's more incredulity that I approach her cultural ignorance with. So, uh, I'm sorry, ignorance? When, yeah. <laughs> For example, I think I, I can't count the number of times I've been like, you've never seen that? You've mm-hmm. never well, heard of that? how is she? Like, she had a completely different upbringing. Yeah. I don't know. And Watch more TV or something. And I think it's probably easy to forget because – yeah, I did go to international schools, but not in North America. And so some cultural references I know, like I know about I knew about the existence of like, for example, SNL, but I was never watching SNL every Saturday night. Um, I didn't, you know, watch the same kinds of like TV shows and movies. I only saw like the ones that were like blockbuster hits, you know, if I ever went to the movies with friends or something like that. And but I think for Joe especially, I think it's easier to forget because I don't really sound like I'm not from North America. Like he thought that I was from Barrie, Ontario when we first met. <laughs> you, yeah, you you have that southern hint of an hour north of Toronto accent. <laughs> yeah. Whatever, whatever yeah, that sounds totally. like. <laughs> well, yeah. so Barry, for those who don't know, Barrie is an, an hour and a half north of Toronto. So for Reina being all the way from Japan and, and actually learning in the u.s it's a very far cry <laughs> yeah definitely and apparently I've i was wrong that, and i've got that apparently no i think i've gotten that maybe twice or three times people asking me like oh are you from barry i'm like 
I've never even been there before, but I guess there must be Asian people in Barrie yeah. and maybe I look like them. They're like, no, no, you just sound like you could be from Barrie. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? She's like, a Barrie native. Oh, nice one. Mm. But it's so funny because like, I think it's interesting when you're in a marriage and you can often forget about that in a person. You're like, oh, right. What, yeah. that they have an accent? No. That, like, <laughs> like for the them, references. they seem like they have very like similar roots, but they're actually very different. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, um, even, yes, you under- you speak and understand like very like North American terms, mm-hmm. but some things don't transfer all, like the word viewing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if story. Matt knows this story. Viewing? <laughs> So, um, um, so this was a conversation between me and one of my best friends, Steph, and she listens to our um, show. So hi, Steph. Um, she called me when I was in fourth year university and she was like, hey, how's it going? What are you up to tomorrow? And I said, oh, I'm going to a viewing. And she goes, oh, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. She's like, oh, um, do you want me to go with you? And I was like, no, 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 it's fine. I can go on my own. Um, but thanks. Um, I'll let you know like how it goes after. She's like, okay, take care. And she kind of, you know, sounded like that. But I was like, I don't know what she's so worried about. So then I go and, you know, do my thing the next day to go look at an apartment because, you know, it's an apartment viewing, but I thought that everyone called it just a viewing. So then the next day I come home from the viewing and my friend Steph calls me and she's like, hey, how was the viewing? And I was like, yeah, I was kind of small. And she was like, oh, really? how many people were there? And I was like, well, it was just me and the other person like showing me. Steph's like, what? How was, how was it? There are only, only two people. And I was like, well, I don't know. And she was like, well, how, like, how do you know about this person? Like who, how how are you related to them? And I was like, well, I found it on Craigslist. (laughs) And she goes, how did you find a viewing on Craigslist? Why would you go? And I was like, well, I just needed to go and see the place. She was like, oh, okay, well, where was this place? And I was like, Bloren Sherborne. She's like, again, seriously, how do you know someone um, in, at Bloren Sherborne? And who were you with? And I was like, well, it was just me and the other person at Bloren Sherborne. Like, but it was too small, so I'm not going to take it. She's like, what, what, what would you take? I'm like, the place. She's like, I think there is a miscommunication here. Like, what are you talking about? And I was like, I'm talking about a, an apartment viewing. Like, I went to go see a bachelor studio, and it was really small. And it was kind of smelly, too, so I'm not going to take it. And she's like, Reina, a viewing is when you go and see a dead person. <laughs> <laughs> and I had no idea. Well, I, I, I imagine Steph's going to listen to this. So, you know, the pace at which you're describing it, I imagine Steph had probably the biggest, like, what the fuck are you? Yeah. Like what? Like 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. She was like, she didn't need me to go with her. She doesn't know this person. It was small. It was smelly. It was just her and the other person. She was probably <laughs> concerned for your well-being. She's like, oh my God, Raina's so like, like lonely. She's going on Kijiji to talk to dead yeah. people now. <laughs> Raina leads a very interesting life. I want to know, Joe, is that actually part of her charm too? Like, I guess like. From- yeah. You know what? I've. I remember when I first, when we first started dating, a lot of times I'd be like, how do you not know this? But now, um, whenever there's, say, a TV reference that comes up or I say something, I treat it as like the most fun thing because now I can go back and revisit all this cool stuff from my childhood. Um, So a really good example of this. Do you guys know TGI Fridays? Um, 
Yes. Do you yes. remember the character played by Will Ferrell in the SNL bits about TGI Fridays? Oh, no, I don't. Sorry. Thaddeus G. Ignatius Friday was my favorite SNL character. And it's one of those very obscure characters. And one day I made a reference to it uh, from the bit where Chris Kattan says, I'll kickbox you. And Raina was like, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, man, it's time. All right, we're going to watch all the TGI Fridays like, bits from SNL. And then um, another example was In Living Color. Do you guys remember In Living Color? Oh, yeah, yeah. You remember Living Fire Mar- Marshallville? Fire Marshall okay. Bill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt got it. <laughs> so <laughs> Fire Marshall Bill was the character that launched Jim Carrey. Hey, kids, let me show you something. Yeah. What do we got here? And we got a fire and we have a axe. Let me show you. It's just so over the top. Yeah. And it's those moments that I genuinely really enjoy about our relationship now because I can go back and enjoy something that I enjoyed as a kid and I can reintroduce it or I can introduce it now to my wife who'd never seen it. And then it be- turns into this, like, you know, new inside joke between us. And, and Raina, have you ever experienced that with? With Joe being like, how did you never know this? Especially like about Japanese culture or even the U.S. Oh, that's a good point. Um, Just yesterday, I made a reference to WWJD bracelets and Joe had no idea. (laughs) Really? But you're Catholic. You should know this. Sorry, WWG? You don't, well, you don't uh, know either? WWJD. It was like those um, worldwide those Jesus bracelets. Worldwide Jesus. Anyway, um, I think that was one of the last things that I remember where I was like, "Oh, you don't know about these." Yeah. Um, but it doesn't happen happen often because Joe, I think, uh, um, he knows more about pop culture than like an average person. I think when it comes to Japanese pop culture things, I don't expect him to know it at all. So I don't think I really make those kind of references. But um, Joe's sense of humor is so wide that I can show him like a comedy skit on YouTube, like a Japanese comedy skit on YouTube, and he'll laugh. I'll like kind of like translate a little bit, but he'll still laugh the whole way through. And he'll be like, okay, let's watch another one. And so... It is really nice uh, being with someone who is so open to anything and everything in my own culture where he's like, yeah, I'll watch that. Yeah, I'll try to understand that. We we actually had this uh, binge uh, last week where we were on Netflix and we're like, let's just see what we can watch that's Filipino. And, you know, there was... What did you guys watch? uh, So, oh, there was Lola something... It's it's a really good movie. It's about this elderly woman who apparently wins like the elderly most oldest Philip oldest lady in the world award. And so it's the whole story around her meeting her grandson and just and just we're yeah. just halfway through, but it's like it's a very well documented like you have the oldest generation, the kind of a relationship that developed over time and how this lady gets so much attention and mm-hmm. why she doesn't want it. Being with someone from a culture that's not yours gives you that exposure and that interest. Um, into it and maybe you would have been like oh I'm just gonna watch like I don't know The Office or something like Canadian I don't think an average person would be like I'm gonna watch a Filipino movie now it's very presumptuous you think I'd watch The Office that's a very white person thing that's one of my favorite shows Uh, me too (laughs) we watch it every day do you really (gasps) yeah you've never seen The Office I've seen episodes I've never watched like I know (gasps) the big episodes but I'm not I have never watched it straight no, nah, me neither. Me neither. It's time to watch the series, guys. It's 
It's worth it. Okay, guys, this is a proud moment for me. This is the first time I can do this to Kim. Like, <laughs> you've never seen this? Because Kim is always the one with, like, the pop culture references mm-hmm. and, like, making these comparisons. And we've done this in our podcast episodes a couple of times where I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. See, like doesn't it feel episode. great to just say, you're ignorant, you know? Just... Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Marina's having a moment. I love this. I totally uh, am. I'm going to put this in my diary tonight. It's nice. It's just nice to know that, like, you guys yeah. have this mutual understanding, mutual respect for each other's culture and trying for each other's to understand each other's culture and point of view. And instead of being like, oh, again, you don't know that reference. You're like, no, come watch it with me. And it becomes a point to, like, bring you together. Yeah. Um, yep. So maybe this is one of my last segments. In what ways, and I guess this is a group conversation, in what ways do you feel like you do support your partner? I think the biggest one for me and Joe right now is living in Germany together and navigating yeah. through the culture here and the language and, you know, talking about how, you know, for example, it's so scary going to a grocery store alone because the cashiers here don't bag things for you and they scan at like a lightning speed. It's so scary. <laughs> And so we have to have this partnership of, okay, one person pays and the other person has to go to the end of the cash and like it gets ready with the bags in hand and like, like, you know, puts them in like bags them as they come. Because if you don't have that other person, you're fucked. You (laughs) are like. It's dirty looks from everybody behind you. Oh, yeah. It's so fast. Like there are so many um, TikTok inside jokes on this. And so. You know, that's a really small thing. But beyond that, I think it's just, you know, living through the pandemic together is definitely one thing that everyone's Mm -hmm. going through together. But the language piece, the cultural piece, the bureaucratic piece in Germany, as a team, like this duo team that we have together, we're going through it together. And so we kind of get to, I don't know, complain about it and laugh about it and have inside jokes about things. So it's really nice going through it together. Yeah. When people ask me what makes your relationship feel strong, I'll say, uh, I don't know. My wife is 150% in my corner, Like the, the uh, to use a boxing uh, analogy. When a boxer comes in from a round, they're exhausted, they're beat, they don't know if they can keep going, but it's your corner person, right? So Reina in this case, who, you know, keeps me going. So you're so you're Rocky and Reina is the guy who the the grungy old trainer. Yes, like Rocky, yes, exactly. you gotta get up there. What are you get doing? In there, you, yeah, yeah, get in there, you <laughs> son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you. In her case, <laughs> you're going to Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But like, my plan really, is working. And yeah, funny and enough, really didn't the... Joe take up boxing in Vietnam? He did. Yeah. Look what you did, I Reina. I know. But that, that's me, Coach Reina. That's what kept it going, um, because the. The corner person, the corner man, has no choice but to support the boxer, you know, once they go mm. back in for another round. That's right? a nice way of looking um, at it. And uh, that's one of the things that, you know, makes Rena in my boardroom of allies. She's never said, that's a stupid idea. She'll say, maybe you should think about it. Maybe you should workshop it a little more. Maybe we need to, like, talk about it and discuss it. But she's never said, that's a stupid idea. Get rid of it. I've said you're stupid, but yeah, I've never called exactly. your idea stupid. She's, she said you're stupid for thinking, you know, this negative thing. I do say that. The most important part is that you don't interpret her saying that, like, feeling like you're stupid. <laughs> exactly. And I've never felt that way in conversation with her. That's amazing. Basically, I'm awesome. <clears throat> yeah. 
And we, I mean, I know that too. And I want the world to know that. <laughs> oh, thanks, Kim. I, I really think it's just like approaching each other on equal footing. Mm, that's that that true. is put her in my boardroom of allies. Yes. And right back at you guys, Matt. Uh, question one is Kim in your boardroom? And two, uh, tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, she. <laughs> The 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 look of Kim on me right now is terrifying. I'm I see the blade slowly. The serrated knife, yeah. It's like you better answer the question correctly. Uh, oh, what are those yeah. chopsticks? It's a nail file. It's a nail file. Oh. So, <laughs> yeah, a lot more dangerous than chopsticks. Don't, don't worry, Kim Kim probably has a way to make that sharp as a knife. Um so shank. <laughs> so yes. So she... No, I think that just means that you believe in Kim. You believe that Kim can do anything. Of course. She puts her mind so, to it. so so on the notion of boardroom of allies, I think the word boardroom is important because I think that Kim being on my board, it has to represent a certain type of factor of the board because the board has to be a, a bit of an eclectic group of individuals, right? Like I want something who's like has a mind of logic. I think I want someone who has the mind of reason, and I think I need someone who has the mind of empathy and just an all-around kind of like balance point. And I think Kim, to a certain point, will bring that voice of reasoning to the conversation. Like, you know, I'll have an idea and she'll be like, well, let's think this through. So why do, why do you think that way? Like, oh, that's fascinating. Let's do a uh, uh, Bergman test to find out why you think that way. Um, <laughs> yes. And, and, and so it, it's, yes. So without a doubt, she's on there, but for very specific reasons. I don't agree with her always because I think the point of a board is to be an advisor. It's not to be a consultant. Here's what it is and take it exactly as it is. It's a voice of we're giving you the thought, but as an individual, we want you to take it away and make the choice yourself. Going back to the point before around a successful relationship, I think Kim and I are the kind of individuals that when you talk about a subject, it's not, it's a debate, it's a debate, it's an argument, but it's very encouraging in the sense of, for example, I might be right, you might be wrong, but at the end of the day, we're all going in the same direction, as opposed to <laughs> I'm yeah. right, you're wrong, shut up. Like uh, to quote the uh, the Try Guys. Oh yeah, yeah. ranking. Yeah. So um, so yeah. So I I love having Kim on my boardroom of allies uh, because she's keep me sane, she's kept me comfortable, but she's also to the point entertaining that I don't feel like even if my ideas are stupid, she doesn't directly say they're stupid. It's more like here's just a thought, think it through a little bit more. But you're an adult. I trust you to make the right decisions. And for Matt, he's a very, I'm more in your face and Matt's more of a quiet support, which is really nice. Like he just, he'll just do things in in the sense that like, without prompting, like he's just, he'll support you and you don't realize like things are just done. Like, you know, like you want to go back to school? Okay, go. Everything will be taken care of. Like if you're worried about our roof over our heads, if you're worried about car maintenance or like keeping up with the home or whatever, it's going to get done. And it just does. And there's like this nice sense of like trust and like quiet support that mm-hmm. kind of just happens. And you're like, oh, thank you. Like you don't realize until like a couple weeks later, like everything just got finished. Like everything wow. just, you know, like things were taken care of. And you're just like, oh, like I, I switched our internet because it kept going down or s- s- small things like that. And you're just like, oh, for for my needs, that's something that's really important. So for me, and I think a lot of people we'll take stuff like that for granted, especially now in a pandemic. But I think, I think everyone needs to have those qualities about. Yeah. So, so as an example of that appreciation of doing things, uh, Reyna, you've heard the door story, but Joe, I don't think you've heard the door story before. Mm-hmm. Have you? 
you know, when we bought the condo, it was it, to mm-hmm. me, I described it like the Dollarama of appliances and furniture and material. Like it was white <laughs> walls, it was just basic panels, everything was white, yeah. white, white, cheap, cheap, cheap. So eventually, I said, I want to upgrade the doors because I love the European style of doors. Yeah. We went yeah. to the, we went to the store, we got a catalog, and Kim's like, I like this color, I like that color. Okay, so I inadvertently took that as. I like this as I would also like to purchase it, Matt. I agree with you in investing <laughs> dollars to purchase said material. So, nope. you know, these aren't doors that literally are bought down the street. Like, they had to come from Ukraine three months down the oh road. Oh, my gosh. So, when down the road, when the it's dollar, the door installers come to the door, and they're like, hello, we have the doors for you to install it. Where the kid's like, what the... Wait, f- did the people also come from Ukraine? Uh, well, they had to uh, deliver they're, it. They're Ukraine- I believe they're Ukrainian. And so, they come in, and Kim's just like... Uh, what? And I go, hey, hey, Kim, you know, like, I remember those doors you said you like? Uh... All I saw were samples and swatches. So it's like someone <laughs> passing your magazine. You're like, do you like this color? Do you like this handle? You're like, yeah, okay. It's just it's just a theory. You're like, I like the color red. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And then I see an effing door literally getting installed <laughs> in my house. But he's like, Kim, you picked out these doors. I'm like, I picked out nothing. So- I looked at a catalog. There's a different, a different... I looked at swatches. I didn't see a door. The, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because, you know, we're looking at the door right now. And I know deep down, Kim's having an aneurysm just thinking about it because she's thinking, oh, my God, the whole uh-huh. process that went into buying the doors. And I have to look at them all the time. And every single person has come in and be like, wow, I love the doors. It's so nice. Kim's just like biting her tongue going like, yeah, they're great. They're great. And, but the thing is, is that once the doors came in, I remember there was a vivid moment where she sat on the couch. She literally looked straight at the TV for probably about two minutes of silence. And it was this ominous silence. And I said, so um, what do you think about the doors? And she just said nothing for about 15 seconds. And then she kind of <laughs> nodded her head slightly and says, um, so here's what we're going to do. When we buy the new car, I'm going to make the decision. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm trembling a little bit thinking, oh my God, she's going to do something to me. So she made the decision to say, I'm going to choose the car. I'm going to choose the color. And you're going to keep your fucking door steel. And I said, okay. Uh, so, so I went with it, but it was that point of, you know, understanding where as much as the process happened, the doors were purchased. And I know deep down, she probably loves them. She says, one admit it. You know, they're great. I said, you know what? I am going to give her the opportunity to purchase the car. Sorry, not purchase the car, but make the decision on which car we get together yeah. and the color because in a relationship, it's the compromise that happens. You have the little compromises like, I want a cheeseburger. Or I want a hot dog. It's like, fuck you. Then we're not going to eat anything. Okay, fine. We're gonna, you're like, wow. no. But uh, this is the cases where it's like, if you really, like, as a testament to even purchasing goods at home and being in COVID and looking around and doing certain things, it was that trust and confidence to say, I love you and trust you enough that I have full confidence at whatever car you get. I'll bite my tongue because I, I have the doors that I want, but I still... I'm comfortable that you won't make the right decision. And she didn't buy like mm. a bright, bright, pink, obnoxious uh, Volkswagen Beetle that has like BTS slapped as a bumper sticker on the back kind of thing. No, none of that. <laughs> so that trust is apparent all the way from the best to the worst of situations. Can I put a BTS? Okay, sorry. Anyways, I was like, can I put a BTS bumper sticker on the back of our car? I would love that. You should. But I... look, it's, it's kind of funny because um, I'm sure all couples, all I don't care if you're married or in a friendship, there is a level of compromise in every relationship. Of course, I think yeah. people often forget that, right? Like, you can't have it your way every time. Well said. Uh, we've covered a lot from how we've met our significant others, how we make marriage work, 
you know, what it's like to be in, you know, a mixed race or a mixed cultured relationship. And I think right now for our audience, we'd like to know, like, what is it that you're looking for in a relationship? What is it that you guys need, you Hmm. know, to feel valued or feel loved? Or, you know, maybe you're in a relationship that you're not getting those things. Maybe a good way to look at it is, you know, when we when Kim and I did the boardroom of allies episode, we talked about why certain people end up in your boardroom. And hopefully that, you know, if you are in a relationship, that the person that you're in the relationship with is someone you can put in your boardroom because that person is like Joe said, is in your corner and is supportive and is there for you. And I think that probably is the you know ideal kind of relationship. From our audience, you know, we'd love to hear in the comments, um, you know, what you envision as a good relationship. And by no means are we perfect, but what is your ideal relationship? What are you looking for in a partner? And even if it's not a relationship, what do you look for in a friend? What do you look for in a supportive person in your life? It's that person. It's like what they say in Grey's Anatomy, like, you know, having that person. All right. Well, thank you so much to our wonderful guests. Do you guys have anything last last words for our audience from the husbands? I am very lucky. And I'm not saying that under duress. But <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, if you get a chance, there is a Filipino show that you might want to watch. It's called My X's and O's. And I hate that I like it, but it's addictive and it's really good. Wait, what does that relate? How does that relate to me being your wife? It doesn't. It's just a good show. (laughs) Filipino (laughs) recommendation. Supporting Filipino films. (laughs) In all honesty, um, yeah, thanks Thanks for having me here. It was great. Yeah, likewise. And uh, it's always great talking about, um, you know, how we're in each other's corners or how we're in each other's boardrooms of Alex. And that was our wrap. That was our wonderful husband's. Of course, we couldn't have done this episode without them. I'm sure you had a hoot with them. Um, But we also want to say thank you again for listening to season one. This will be the final episode and we will be back in season two with more wonderful guests. If you love this episode, if you love this whole season, do check us out. If you haven't listened to episode one, two, three and the other ones in the past, go back. Listen, don't be shy. Great. Download, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Kimberly. And I'm Raina, and you've been listening to Obsessed with ABG's Aspirations, Boardrooms, and Goals, and we will see you back here for season two. Okay.